You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. The following is an excerpt from a conversation with Brett Tippy. I remember the morning uh, of that accident. Jason texted me and he's told me that you almost died. And it was a heavy morning yeah. for me. Yeah, I know. I actually, I almost died. It I, was like, it was like if I would have stopped and maybe cramped up in that nine hours of digging yeah. to get out of there, I wouldn't be here right now. I remember because I think I was working at Rocky Mountain at the time and you were on the team at the time and you came into the office and you told me about that. And I was like, Wait, 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 what happened? <laughs> like kind of trying to, and I'm trying to digest it, you know, yeah. like firsthand. I'm like, this is crazy. And you're just kind of like going through the motions of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Your level of gnarly is different than mine, I think. Well, it's so <laughs> funny because you go snowboarding and, and you're on the edge of the city, right? You just go in the North Shore Mountains. You just, yeah. you know, you're riding. Everyone's having fun. But on the other side of those mountains is like super badass big mountain stuff. Like there's two, 300 foot cliffs everywhere. They get yeah. huge amounts of snow. There's big old forest growth. Like it's, it's super badass mountains just, just on the edge of town. And you, and you think it's all innocent because you know, Oh, there's like a shopping, you know, center right over there and mm-hmm. a McDonald's, but right over there, there's a 300 foot cliff, uh, you know, like, so it's actually just kind of like a real contrast of, of civilization and wildness right there yeah you know yeah, it's crazy it's so, the same with mountain biking too right like right you get you get just even like halfway up seymour on the right side of the mountain and you're like oh my god this is world-class like proper steep terrain yeah but you could also just go grab yeah like a booster juice right minutes away just right over there <laughs> yeah right yeah, over yeah. There. super raw and, and and potentially deadly but also like you know creature comforts did, you, did yeah. you was it ever running through your mind that you weren't gonna make it yeah yeah, like when I when I first got Avalanche, when I got hit, I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm getting like washing machine and I'm like, I'm in the dark. It's all noisy. Like, and I'm like, I'm in the dark right now. I was just above a huge cliff and there's trees here and there. If I get put into these trees upside down with all this snow, like, I'm dead. I'm, and I was picturing my little daughters at my funeral and, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know which way is up right now, but it's not here. So I'm going to go somewhere else. So I just started spaz swimming. And all of a sudden, my head came up, and I got air again, and then I was off the cliff. And I was like, holy Jesus. And then there was just a, a wall of trees, big, like, you know, four four feet wide trees, like massive trees. And I just hit one tree, hit another tree, hit it, spin it around, and hit the ground. I hit a bunch of trees while I even hit the ground. And uh, I think it was, the, it was the first tree that blew my shoulder out, and then, like, the third tree that blew my knee. And when I finally hit the ground, I'm like, Ugh! and then it kept avalanching, and half only half buried me. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm like, oh, my arm doesn't work. Oh, my shoulder's in front of me. <laughs> okay, something's really broken here. It's out of the socket or something. That's that's not right. Okay, well at least I can stand up. And oh no, I can't stand up. <laughs> my knees blow. Oh my god, this is bad. And me, these big fat flakes, the size of like quarters, are coming down and snowing. You know, I'm by myself out in the middle of nowhere going, okay, this is real. This is real. I'm way out here, and I got no, I got one arm and one leg, and it's deep. It gets snowed, snowed 40 and 38 and 26 and 23, like, all in, in a bunch of days. So the snow was, like, really deep, and I just went, okay, I have to get back to the hill by myself because those guys aren't here, and they might come find me in a lap or two, but I might freeze in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And they never did, you know, I never did, yeah. Were you out of service? Out of service, yeah. And then um, once I got in, those guys did find me right at the end, right when I got almost back to the hill, right before it got dark. And they, they actually came up and they went, Tibby! And I was like, I turned around, like, was white in the face. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. They're like, what's up? And I go, I broke my arm or I dislocated my shoulder. Am I going to blow me? I got avalanched. And they're like, oh, we should have we stayed. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should have. I'm like, can we do anything? And I'm like, you can take my snowboard. And they're like, okay. So they took my snowboard and they broke trail in front of, in front of me. And they went, we got cell service. We got cell service now. We'll call, we'll call the patrol. And I'm like, don't call patrol. And they're like, what? We'll call, no, we'll call patrol. I go, don't call patrol. They're like, why wouldn't we not call patrol? I go, dude, I don't want to be that name that's bounced around the lockers. I don't want the guy to get stuff shut down here for all the boys and for everybody else. 
I just want to go into my truck and I want to drive myself to the hospital. And I was like very, I was very mechanical, like a robot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty much a spaz, you know, all the time. But I was just like, I was just like, I remember hearing my voice, like, I'm like, I'm going to go to the hospital. And they're like, but, but, but I go, what are they going to do? Come out here with like a, a meat wagon? Like it's, it's chest deep snow. Like those guys are going to be screwed and it's going to take hours. I'm just going to go to my truck, break trail for me, please, for the rest of the way. And I'm going to kind of go, I'm going to go to the hospital. They're like, okay. And then I finally got to my truck and I was like, yes, I'm going to live. And then I got, I was stuck in the parking lot for another hour and a half. <laughs> and then, yeah, you realized uh, the populace of Vancouver doesn't invest in winter and then you tires. Had road rage. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was a close call. I, I almost died. And um, I'm glad I didn't because, you know, we're glad you didn't. Thanks for not dying too. Right. <laughs> you would miss you, know, you a lot. You know what the secret to life is? No. Living. Ah. <laughs> now I know. But that was another one. That was another one. Wow. <sighs> Well, yeah, lots of things though. Like I, I've, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got hundreds of stitches. I've seen, you know, I've seen my knuckles. I've seen my Achilles tendon. I've seen my skull. I've seen like, I've been ripped open in different places. I got scars. Like hanging out with Wade Simmons and just yeah. Wade, Wade, Wade Simmons gave you that one on your belly. No, he took me <laughs> to a drop that he was riding. He was on an all mountain bike, a Slayer, and I had a flatline. And he's like, I, I've aired this with my downhill bike before. I won't do it on a trail bike. Oh, you should do it. You got a downhill bike. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I hit it, and then I bounced, and then I there was a tree with a branch sticking out, and it ripped my guts open. Oh my god! And uh, that was an intense one. And then so I uh, I went back up and I did it again and stomped it, but uh, I had this massive gut thing with my. It didn't and my entrails weren't hanging out, but it was definitely a deep one. And uh, yeah, that was a parental story. rating for our this video <laughs> yeah. just keeps skyrocketing. <laughs> Every injury, gore, 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 <laughs> flesh and guts. Any nightmare uh, uh, hitchhiking situations? Either you're the driver or the passenger. No, I actually got a ride out of Vancouver in the fog once, and I was sitting there for hours, and I wasn't getting any, people could barely see me. It was you know foggy it gets sometimes, mm. right? And this 280Z uh, Datsun went by, wow, and then locked up. Backs up, spitting gravel, and the guy falls out of the passenger seat with a, like a, a milk container full of orange juice and vodka. How been, dude? Just wasted. And I'm like, no, oh, I've been there for hours. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I load my snowboard into the back of this car, and then the and I hop in this little miniature back seat. My knees are up by my left ear, and the guy just rips away. And they're both sitting there drinking, taking turns in this orange juice and, and vodka thing. And they're like, what, 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 right up to Fisker in the speed, almost hitting people, and they're swerving at the last minute. And I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Like these guys are like going for it. You can barely have time to see anyone come up, and they're, they're switching. If you have to switch lanes or someone else there, we were, we were gonna hit somebody. So I thought, I gotta get these guys talking and I get their mind up, you know, they're ready race car drivers. And I'm like looking for something to talk about. And I'm like looking in the back seat, and there were some goggles and some gloves. And I go, oh, you guys must be skiers. And they're like, huh? Uh, yeah, kind of. Why do you ask? I go, oh, I saw the gloves in the, in the toque in the back. Oh, is there some? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Then they went through the tape machine. There were still tapes back in the day before CDs. And they're like p- pulling out these tapes and throwing them out the window. That's junk. Oh, that's junk. What's this? That's junk. Oh, Robert Plant right on. He's against some Robert Plant. And I'm like, is this a stolen car? And they're like, yeah, dude. Second one we got today. I'm no. like, what? They go, look at the ignition. I look at the ignition. There's no key in the ignition. There's like a half pair of scissors taken apart, jammed in. And they're like, I'm like, whoa. I go, what would you do if the cops lit up the lights behind you right now? We'd drive into a residential area, drive like Dukes of Hazard, and then ditch and leave you there with the vehicle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And they go, okay, uh, you said, where'd you say you're going? And I go, Kamloops. And I go, okay, there's a shopping mall up here. Let's, we'll go get you a car. We can get any Datsun, uh, Mazda RX-7s. We got an extra pair of keys here. We'll get you a car. We'll get one with gas. You want one? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they let me off eventually, and then they ripped off in the stolen car, and I was just scratching my head going, wow, that was, that was kind of nuts. So was that the worst, the scariest, or the best uh, hitchhiking yeah. experience? Because <laughs> <laughs> They got me to where I was going to the next turnoff quite fast. Yeah. Sounds like a Seems efficient. And now I know how to steal a car. <laughs> the following is an excerpt from a conversation with Peter Chow. I bombed and not only bombed, but it was beyond bombing. It was like none of my jokes like hit the way that I thought that they would in my head. And then I just left. Do you remember what you said? Uh, I can't do this. And then I just, Oh no. Yeah, I left the <laughs> wow. Stage. 
Yeah, I was in a really, I was like so depressed after. I was oh, like, oh God. God. And that's why I don't think I could handle that. I know. Man. I felt, I felt bad. Yeah. Cause I, I had met you at that point before. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. He's here. I was like, okay. Oh, not going great. But, nope. uh, Okay, no, he'll find it. He'll find it. No, he's leaving? Oh, okay. Yeah, I left. And then, like, I felt bad, honestly, for the comedians after because they had to pretty much make up for it and, like, make up some sort of, like, They roasted joke. you a little bit. They have to. You yeah. can't yeah. not acknowledge it. Yeah. And and I'm glad they did because it was like, you don't you don't leave a stage. Did you, you leave know? the building? I left. C- completely left. Yeah, I just left. Away. I was just like, oh, man, this, this is shit. And that was, like, sort of like a... A turning point too because i don't remember when i whether it was before i started pursuing acting or whether it was like right at the start so i was like i wasn't sure what i wanted to do with my life was i was you know like go up on stage and do this like for the long haul or yeah but i'm glad that you were there though i think it was yeah five, i want to say it was like five years ago four or five years yeah ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was horrible yeah it was intense i kind of thought it was a baller move though like you were just, just like i leave? can't do this and i was like was this part of it? Like, Definitely like, not a the audience didn't know how to take it. They're like, is this part of it? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. What's and the then joke? like the guy comes out like kind of scrambling like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's always the long okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I'm glad that you didn't have to ask, uh, ask me about it because clearly I'm not th- that ashamed that I want to keep it buried forever. It's in, no. our sh- it's in our show notes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it was, yeah, it was a terrible, terrible experience. And uh, you get, you know that warm feeling that mm. like just like. Oh. Throughout yeah. your entire body, you get like super kind of sweaty. No, yeah. and, like, like starts to rise up your head. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. boiling everywhere. That's how I felt, you know, when I walked off stage. And, and yeah, I shouldn't have walked off. The following is an excerpt from a conversation with Casey Brown. Well, now that we're here, I want to know, like, I, you know, going through your Instagram stuff, you get the occasional, like, uh, um, creepy comment and being a woman in your, in your position, how do you deal with that? I just go on some random professional mountain biker dudes and write a creepy comment in return. <laughs> just to balance it out balance a little bit. Balance the world out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just kind of delete them or usually it's just people trying to get attention or yeah, that's weird. I did have a stalker once though. Oh. Do we tell the stalker story? You should tell it. We can cut it if, it, if you decide if it's, if it's no bueno. Have I told it before on a podcast? I don't know. Hopefully not. We need the scoop. Yeah, we want the scoop. Okay, so back when I was racing, it, this is quite a long story, guys. Sorry. We're in. I got time. We We're got in. Time. We're okay. more worried about your time. Oh, yeah, no. I'm worried about like... I didn't ask for the late checkout yet. <laughs> That's fine. We're at the Ava. They love you guys. Um, Shout out to the Ava. Big fan. Um, anyways, when I was racing Enduro, I was at an Enduro in um, Aspen, Colorado. Huge day. Finished up the Enduro. I think I had gotten third. There was lots of fans around. We were packing down the track tent. And this girl comes up to me. And she was, um, speak, like, had a bit of broken English. And she was, like, one of those fans that were, like, one of those fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I have a super fan. No way. Anyways, she's broken English, like, straight from China. She's like, I moved to us to follow my dreams because you of your um article in bike magazine she had found it somewhere and like basically like follow your dreams and she did that and she was like i'm moving to america and i'm going to ride a bike (laughs) anyways packing down the tent kind of busy she was hanging around for a really long time and i was just like I don't know, just doing the things, like packing everything down. Anyways, she was like, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that, that's nice. Thank you. Because it was broken English, and I thought it was like a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. looking back on that now, not a mistranslation. Whoa. Anyways, um, months later, I'm coming back from a Europe enduro, and I take, like, a photo of my boarding passes because I have, like, four airports to transit through a huge, like, 40, like 45-hour um, transit day. and That's a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? <laughs> 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 Five-hour day. Okay, let's crunch the numbers. <laughs> Carry the one. <laughs> <coughs> oh, my God. Um, anyways, I guess... That it had my arrival time. 
in what airport I was going to at the end of the travel day. And I show up no. to Kelowna, <laughs> Kelowna Airport no. trying to go home. After, like each time, I, each encounter is like at my most um, like horrendously tired moments, yeah. you know. Anyways, I get to Kelowna and I'm like waiting for my bags and I get approached by this girl, this chick, and I kind of recognize her, kind of like don't really have the time a day. I'm like so tired. Anyways, I uh, grab my bags and this girl's like standing near me and she's like, hi, do you remember me? Like speaking in broken English again. I'm like, kind of, but I don't know who you are. Um, and she's like, uh, I'm so inside. I forget her name. I think it's like Shar or something. Anyways, um, she was like, why? Like interrogating me on why I didn't respond to her messages on Instagram. Like, I don't really read all my request messages. Like, I don't know. Anyways, she's like, can I uh, offer you a place to stay? I live here now. I moved to Vernon to go to school, like Kelowna to go to school and to be closer to you. <laughs> I didn't, honestly, I didn't, honest, any kind of like thing, like clue that came through didn't register right, at yeah. this point. I, I was like, the, the second language thing. The right? second language it's, thing, yeah. you're like, okay, cool. And each time I encounter was, I'm super tired, like totally ratchet tired. Anyways, she asked for my phone number. I give her a fake one because I'm so tired. I'm like, I don't want to have any confrontations here. And I'm like, I don't know why I didn't read your message. I'm so sorry. Like, I'll check in. And I um, explained to her, I'm like, no, my boyfriend's picking me up. I'm, I'm going to go, like, back to Revelstoke. Um, anyways, months later, maybe even a year later. Oh, my God. <laughs> it goes on. Anyways, I'm like... I finished four days of filming in late June. Filming in late June, you guys know how it goes. You're up till midnight because the sun sets at like 10. Mm -hmm. And then you're up at like 4.30 4 to film the sunrise. And I did four days back to back of that to crunch out a shoot. And then I had a race right after. And so I just finished this shoot absolutely shattered, tired. And ratchet, I'm living ratchet tired. Ratchet tired. Like, <laughs> First time I've heard that. Yeah, and I'm using it. Like yeah. I just made that up. Anyways, <laughs> I'm like, I live in a basement suite and I'm like packing my stuff kind of late at night, like 10, maybe 1030. And um, I have a pickup in the morning at like maybe 9 a.m. And I'm packing my stuff and the lights are on. I'm just like mincing around, getting my things together. So tired. And I get, like, a knock on the door, and I, I'm like, well, it's kind of late, and someone that knows me would have texted me. Um, so a couple things are kind of weird. Anyways, again, so tired, don't really have time to think about weird clues. Walk up the stairs, because I'm in a basement suite, and the, the motion sensor light had turned on, but there's a window in the door, and nobody's standing there kind of like horror movie spec. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so I walk up, and I, like, open the door. I'm like, hello? And she's and this girl comes up, and she's like, hi. I, like, kind of panicked, and she's like, can I come in? I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, are you in trouble? And she comes in, like, kind of panicked, and she comes downstairs and starts walking around casually, and is just, like, checking out. And I'm like, Hang on a minute. Like, who are who are you? I recognize you. You just let her in. She well, she just kind of like was panicked and came you. in. And I, uh, you know how it is. You're just like tired and don't want to. You can't like. Sometimes you're just non-confrontation. I'm not a confrontational person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like not mm -hmm. gonna be like. Mm -hmm. And that gets you into trouble sometimes. It does. Yeah. And and then she got down into the into my space and was walking around. Didn't take your shoes off. I noticed that because that's annoying when people don't take their shoes off, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ew. That's why I took my shoes off today. <laughs> In yeah. my review. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Anyways, she walks around and at this point, I'm like kind of freaked out a bit. I'm like, whoa, weird. Who are you? Like, what are you doing here? And and she's like, I, I uh, was 
walking by. I came from, I was like doing a hike in town and I was walking by and I recognized a piece of art on your wall that you had posted on your Instagram two years ago through the window. Oh, oh man. And that's like, okay. And then I'm looking around and I, I'm like trying to get a gauge on this human being. Yeah. I don't know if she's bipolar. A lot of my decorations are like, throwing axes and I have there's like knives on like in my kitchen and I'm like oh my god like how do I deal with this person I'm so tired think about like what am I doing like I'm like okay I got to keep this person happy calm and somehow remove them out of the house like I don't know how I'm gonna do that because she's in there and she wants to stay she's like asking me can I stay over? And I'm like, no, like, don't you have an Airbnb or something you can go to? Like, where are you parked? And I'm like trying to like inch my way to like getting her out of the place. And she's like, no, like, and my boyfriend wasn't there and he had, he'd gone on a trip. So I was alone and just me and snuff. And uh, I was like doing all the things that you do before you go on a trip, right? Like taking the garbage out, getting the compost like sorted, um, doing dishes. And I'm like, hey, I, like, I'm really busy packing. Um, I don't really have time to like hang out and chat. Like, um, and she just kept like kind of smothering the conversation on like things that she knows about me and like articles that she liked and the things she liked in the articles and the things she didn't like in the articles and like going down these big tangents and I was like oh my god this is gonna be a nightmare getting her out of here sounds without like, her murdering me I don't know what's yeah. gonna happen kind of sounds like this podcast just a lot of tangents you don't know how you're gonna get out of yeah, here yeah I know it's just never ending so sorry <laughs> no this is great no 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 keep going like, and then um I was like uh like where, where are you parked like I'm gonna take the compost out maybe I can walk you out and she's like no it's okay okay, I'll just go uh, take the compost out. <laughs> so oh, no. I go out and like I'm dumping the compost into this bin. And you know when the hairs stick up on the back of your neck? I get that feeling, right? Like as I'm turned around, it's dark. And I turn around and she's right behind me. She had like snuck up on me right behind me and had like... I don't know. She was coming out because she was like, I was like, whoa. And she's like, I was just making sure you weren't calling the police. Oh, and, that, oh, and this Great is what, <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, now you know that you're doing something yeah, wrong. That's messed that up. is okay. Okay. I get it now. And then it went into, she, she had a plan for us. She was gonna, she like, wanted to like be my partner and wanted to make a contemporary movie of um what is the movie about the cowboys in the back country Brokeback mountain she wanted to make Brokeback mountain too <laughs> with me what broke her back <laughs> anyways yeah she was like had this plan and then she was and then I was, like, standing there against, like, the garden shed, and I was, like, totally freaked out. And she was trying to, like, like use, use like, North American pickup lines. She was, like, you look so strong. And I want, like, can I touch your arm? <laughs> and I was, like, no. And That's then, my favorite pickup line, by the way. <laughs> you look so strong. Use it all the can time. Can I touch your and arm? Then, and then she approached me and tried to kiss me. <gasps> and I was, like, oh. This is it. Like, no, go away. I don't want you here anymore. You've crossed the line, finally. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was it. That, that was, was it. Line. That was that was the line. My line is much. <laughs> the line was so, like, you can't even see the line I had, anymore. I had way too much trust in humans. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so then she, like, before that, she had, like, given me her number, and I had written it down because I was kind of freaked out of her. I was like, maybe that's a good thing to have her number just so, mm -hmm. you know, whatever happens. Anyways, she then proceeded as, like, go back to your truck. Like, I don't want you here anymore. Like, please go home wherever you live. I don't want to hang out. And she was like, no, I'm taking your dog. <laughs> And she grabbed snuff. No way. And she was like, I'm taking your dog with me. And I was like, no, I don't want to well, get you were probably 
I don't want to get probably actually very angry at this. Oh, I don't want to get physical with the chick, but I was like, no, like go. Like I literally just like grabbed snuff and like pushed her, like leave. And she left. Thank goodness. And I was so scared for sure. Yeah, dude. I was like, I locked all the window, like the latches on the windows. Cause I realized like the windows were open cause the breeze and I wanted like air and I just shut everything down. Curtains closed, like locked the doors and dude, I did not sleep that night. I called the, I called like four of my friends super late at night and I was like, Hey, I just had this really weird experience. Like, um, what should I do? Like, I didn't know what I was supposed to do in that situation. I felt super uncomfortable and weird. And, um, yeah, I just locked everything down. Like, I had an early morning. And, uh, yeah, I just, like, had snuff under the covers with me that night. I was just, like, so scared. Like, oh, my God. Um, and then that morning I was, like, up quite early. And as got a message back from one of my friends who would finally got it. And I was like, hey, you should definitely call the police. And I called the police explaining to the police that story was the most awkward thing right like they had no they didn't know who i was um that i that i like what gives you the right to have a stalker <laughs> like, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like how many instagram followers do you have like they didn't care about that stuff you're just like oh, i don't even know how to explain this normally anyways i gave them her number and they had called her and just asked her like to not contact me anymore and they met, They called me back and was like, hey, her reaction was quite distraught. She was crying and, like, she thought it was a huge misunderstanding. And um, anyways, I was had to go and race. I went and got picked up. Went, I actually went to my friend's house that morning, like, sneaked through the neighborhood. I was like, is she still here? I don't know. Right. I had breakfast there and then, like, left for the race. It was in Fernie. And then went and raced. It was like the Trans BC. So you go to Fernie and then you go like do a bunch of different. Oh, huge race. Yeah, you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I went to like, did all these races and it ended in Revelstoke. And I had uh, told a couple people about it, but uh, like definitely like didn't have, like I was so like weirded out all week, like racing, just like had kind of gross feeling of like, where is she mm. <laughs> type of thing. Anyways, um, yeah, so I got to Revelstoke, was doing the race there, and I wasn't here for this part of the story, but my friend, um, my boyfriend was the marshal, and he was um, marshalling the race, and there was part of the race that came down off the mountain, across a logging road, and then back into the trail, and the riders had to, like, pedal up the logging road for, like, maybe 20 feet, 50 feet, and um, the marshal there was, was... randomly my boyfriend and the he saw like a red Durango Dodge come up the road and try to turn around and get stuck in the worst place possible like right be like right in front of where the racers had to like basically do a detour around the truck and he um sees the truck and the truck is like two-wheel drive the gas pedal is floored like racers are riding in front of this vehicle with like back wheels completely spinning the thing's high centered in the ditch and the wheels are completely like pinned spinning and there's riders like going in front of this if the truck catches any traction somebody's gonna die yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he like goes in front of the truck like slams his hands on the hoods like whoa 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 like chill and like gets him to ride ra- like roll down the window and he doesn't know her face or anything and he gets her to roll down the window and it's her and he's like oh and and uh she's like oh my god i didn't know you were gonna be here and um yeah and he's like we need to have a conversation (laughs) you should get out of the truck and he totally like tells her like you're not welcome here like you're you're invading like our private area like please don't come back and she was like can i buy you food uh, I don't know, more random lost in translation things and anyways he's like no you, you're like not welcome like please like go back home and like leave us alone because you've really scared us and um she like understood kind of and was like okay 
And um, basically, my friend Stu had to come up with his truck. And as he pulled up, she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know Stu was going to be here. Like, knew everyone in my life. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my good friend Stu. Like, and then he towed her out, and she left. And, um, yeah, I tried to, look, like, tried to find her on Instagram. I guess she had blocked and canceled everything because she was, I don't know. She had a plan for us, and that, yeah, that was really scary. Yeah. So that was that after that encounter. Yeah, that was that for now. How we'll long see. ago was this? <laughs> um, this was um, 2016, 2017. Oh. It's not that long ago. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good amount of distance away, though, I feel like now. Yeah, I feel like she got the message. Yeah. 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 The following is an excerpt from a conversation with Andrew Santos. So Brody and I did two and a half weeks out there and that's not, it's typical for like, you know, the, the burner that's helping set up and take down, um, two and a half weeks is normal, but the actual event itself is only seven days. Uh, but yeah, we showed up at a ranch like eight miles off of Burning Man and just got put to work. Like such physical labor like moving appliance moving stoves onto our onto our like flatbed trailers um making sure everything was good to go on the on the river on the serpent queen untarping it um there was so much to do brody got put on like cooking duty for the eight person crew we were at the ranch so she's cooking for eight people um yeah it was it was hard like i was hammer nails know making stuff work with the with the boat and yeah all all in the desert not before all in the desert what's the ranch the the ranch is eight miles away from from burning man it's just where they store the serpent queen and there's a boneyard there too with a bunch of old mutant vehicles and is one of the coolest thing one of the coolest places like full-on boneyard also a lot of like just a pile of bicycles i'd never seen like a pile of like hundreds of bikes on top of each other from used from the burn yeah, I saw pictures of mm-hmm. the aftermath of Burning Man. And mm-hmm. It was yeah, a pile of hundreds of bikes there that seemingly were just uh, abandoned. Yeah. Did you bring your own bike? No. Um, yeah, one we Brody and I flew down, and uh, our, our camp lead rented out some beach cruisers for us. Oh, so okay. that was nice. Nice. Yeah. Although, if we went back, we'd bring e-bikes. Mm. Yeah. At least Brody needed it. It's seven days of biking across that desert you get and if you're not used to biking like i'm used to biking so it's okay for me but i can't imagine going into it not being a person who rides bikes often i die yeah <laughs> dave rides rides bikes now though yeah i ride bikes now. yeah he's a huge bike guy oh, yeah. did you guys go for a ride mm-hmm. oh yeah oh nice and he's still here Wow, someone doesn't listen to the podcast. He still he still got a sore <laughs> ass though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, was, I, li- to do with I listened to the podcast when you guys were talking about it with Jason and you're like, right. we need to go on the on a ride. So I'm glad you guys did it. Yes, I'm sure, bitch. So what were some of the uh, highlights of Burning Man? I heard there's a you know, besides the cookies, thanks for explaining the cookies. <laughs> Let's go back um, to the cookies. <laughs> hopefully I don't have to pull this next one. That's so hard. Um the uh car wash a human oh, yeah. car wash yeah, yeah that was a funny that was one that i got told by a friend before going so i, I kind of knew a little bit what to expect but i mean you have to be there to actually experience it what it is is one camp provides showers when you're out there in the playa one camp one camp one camp there's only one place you can get a shower unless a you're public like a, shower a rich dude who paid 10 grand for your campsite yeah you could bring an rv which has a shower okay, in it. okay. you can get golden showers anywhere though oh yeah that's right right <laughs> i prefer that one yeah so the only way to clean yourself out there is if you brought an rv and you have a shower or if your camp provides a shower and we did have a, a shower at our camp um which I helped set up and okay. we helped set, do this water tower and it was gravity fed. And I'm like climbing up scaffolding to make, put this water tower together. Water tower also collapsed one night it, onto our kitchen. You um, built that? Uh, I helped. <laughs> yeah. I contributed. <laughs> we contributed. Yeah. <laughs> Could have killed somebody. No joke. Safety third at Burning Man. That's the rule. Safety third. <laughs> Is that legit? Legit. Oh. Safety third. Oh my God. Yeah. Second. <laughs> Psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that's first. That's first. Um, having fun. That's first. Um, but yeah, we're lucky nobody was at the camp when it actually fell over. 
Anyways, back to the showers. That's the only way you can take a shower. One camp does provide showers for everybody, though. And uh, it's run by Bombers, the soap company. Bombers? Bombers, yeah. Do we have that sound? <laughs> <laughs> Those bombers? We definitely need that sound. <laughs> it's uh, run by Bombers? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you actually read their labeling on their soaps, it, it's run by a guy who's like, religious about psychedelics and their the labels are actually pretty wild uh they, they're different oh, oh bonners 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 yeah, oh yeah, okay. they say Sorry. bombers no, yeah no. yeah oh okay i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. bonners oh he's he's yeah. he's into psychedelics yeah, yeah. okay this explains a, a family lot. as a bonners? family <laughs> i have bonners in in the shower Excuse me? and yeah you yeah. could if there you know how like people read shampoo bottles on the toilet like this is like an endless uh reading wait Dr. Bronner's? Bronner, Dr. Yes. Dr. Bronner's? Thank Bronner's? Thanks Bonner. for fact-checking that. <laughs> we went from Bombers <laughs> to Bonner's to Bronner's. Uh, Boner's was in there. So. Boner's. 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 Yeah, Boner Jams. So Dr. Three. Boner. All right, we got it. Now. Dr. Bronner's. Dr. Bronner's. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. um, and read their labels next time you have one of those in your hands. Um, I think it's a little bit different in the States. It's wilder in the States. but um, Really? Yeah, I'm sure there's a few Americans listening to this. No, no, <laughs> no, no, barely even no. Canadian. Just okay. Felix, yeah, just okay. Felix, okay, and Alonzo, um, and my mom. This camp runs public showers, and it's not what you think it is. It's basically inside this massive tent. They have a semi truck container that's made out of plexiglass, so it's completely see through. And you go in with hundreds of people, butt naked, and there's people on top of this. Uh, container hosing you down with hoses and like soap guns and um yeah you're just with hundreds of people it's not sexual at all but you are with consent allowed if your neighbor needs a rub down uh to uh, everyone's got bronners though (laughs) (laughs) yeah you it honestly it's the cleanest you'll get out there in the desert and the experience of being naked with hundreds of people just it, it actually felt really normal surprisingly normal you you go into it thinking like, oh, this is weird and all that. And then when you're just in it with hundreds of people, you just some sense of normal. That's kind of that's kind of like anything, though. Right. Yeah. It's like the whole mob mentality mm-hmm. thing where at a certain point, if the whole collective agrees upon something, it's no longer weird. Yeah. It helps when you're covered in soap. <laughs> and then eye contact is important, too, which they, they give you a little briefing before you go in and they're like, make eye contact with people. So you're it's not a, looking at the goods? It's a little bit less creepy than, yeah, looking down. It must be so stressful. <laughs> you just get an eye strain from constantly looking in people's eyes. <laughs> your eyes just want to wander, but you can't because you're going to be a creep out there. Yeah, you don't want your eyes <laughs> you, to wander. But it, it, I, I it, just wear sunglasses. <laughs> I wear <laughs> like whatever I want. Who's that dude wearing pit vipers? <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing those like sunglasses guys wear when they play poker that have like snake eyes in them. All right, Dave's banned from the Dr. Bronner's playground, plexiglass shower. It's all walks of life in there. Older people, younger people, families. It's everybody's in there. (laughs) Legit (laughs) families. There's some kids in there. Who's yeah. bringing their family what? to the... There's kids at Burning Man. It's an all-ages event. Oh, I thought yeah, you meant in, in the, the shower. shower. Yeah, I thought you meant in the shower, too. No, yeah, in the shower. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, man. God. Yeah, it's, it's not sexual. Canceled. God. <laughs> um, and then you go outside of the car wash to dance dry. It's a dance party, naked dance party to get dry. Fun. And then you put on your clothes and you walk out of the tent and the next few hundred people walk in. There's constantly a lineup outside of this camp. Did, now, you, uh, did you see any monster dongs? I did not. Oh. No. I'm no, sure there was a few there. I wasn't paying attention. No desert time. serpents? <laughs> <laughs> no, you ever seen Dune? You know, the snake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Just comes out of uh, the sand. <laughs> you got, you got uh, any stories that top that? That was one of the the out of this world experience I did have there. Um, Are you gonna go back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right after you do it, you're like, oh my god, I'm never gonna do this again. It's crazy physical labor. It was so hard, you know, fighting the elements of the desert. And then after like a couple of weeks of being back, you're like, shit, I want to go back. 
So what, what were some of the challenges other than it being hot and dry and dusty and you got to bike around and you're like in an RV and you're camping for two weeks? What are, what are some of the other challenges? Like, did you ever find yourself hungry and you're like, I can't find a place to get food or you, do you have your own supply? Cause to me, it sounds like you're out there bartering for every life necessity. So it's not the barter system. It's a gifting system. Okay. So people are just gifting out there. Um, which is why you don't want to be a sparkle pony because you obviously want to contribute and give back. Um, you can food is never an issue. You're given a, a booklet of what other camps are providing, and it's literally it's like a thick booklet filled with thousands of things. And you can look up the time, what kind of food you're feeling, and then bike to the camp and get whatever that is mm. at any hour. Like Burning Man runs all throughout the night too; it never stops during those seven days. Um, most people don't sleep. So when you were looking through that book, what were some things that caught your eye? There was a lot of stuff, but I also got a tip from other burners not to base yourself around that book too much because it's hard to align yourself with things happening. You'll be on your way to another camp and then somebody will call your attention and then you'll be somewhere else. And then you have a bunch of FOMO because you didn't get to do the things you wanted to do. And, um, so yeah, it's it's just better. With the flow. It's better just mm -hmm. to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. You'll be biking, and camps are with megaphones trying to heckle you to come into their tent. Like they want to be giving you stuff, so it's really hard to bike around and not get stopped. It's like, oh tacos, I'm gonna go get some tacos right now, or oh foot rub, I'm gonna get a foot rub. Oh LSD <laughs> infused mushrooms, I'm in. <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh hey there, little one. <laughs> <laughs> hey Felix. That's, that's also a big uh, misconception about Burning Man, though, is the psychedelic aspect of it. They're actually illegal out there. So you got to hide them really well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're illegal. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's weird because some I haven't been to Shambhala or some other of these festivals here in BC, but they're very open with, mm -hmm. with uh, their consumption and but use. But alcohol is illegal at Shambhala. Yeah. Um, uh, Burning Man alcohol is... is everywhere um mm. but but yeah the use of uh drugs is uh illegal and there's cops out there and you can't even really ask somebody for it because they might think you're undercover um because there is that much of a presence of police out there you wouldn't know it because they are undercover but you can't uh pee on the desert <laughs> you can't fly a drone and uh drugs are illegal those are like the three things i found that you can't do at burning man other uh, other than that everything is like fair game their handcuffs, though, are glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> the following is an excerpt from a conversation with Spencer Harkins. Um, we want to know about how you got the job because we read some stuff mm -hmm. on the internet mm -hmm. and we want to know this story. Can mm -hmm. you take us through what mm -hmm. happened? We want to know the details. You left out some particular details. It gets weird. Okay. Where'd you find the story? Online. Yeah, online, on the internet. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, well. Hinge. Probably my Instagram page. That's where, as far as the research went, right? It involves uh, hitchhiking and a crab. Mm, wow, yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, Chris and Chuck, two co-founders, ski at Alta, the hill that I ski at. So I started to see them there as I became more aware of the, the very small brand and was really excited by it. Uh, decided that I should make those guys my friends because I thought their brand was really cool and I could tell that they probably were too. Still out for the jury on that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, the hitchhiking part is, there's a really good culture of hitchhiking to the ski hill there. So I picked up Chuck one day, um, cause he was out on the side of the road and I had like a completely full Subaru, like not a single space in there and I'm like, pull over, it's Chuck, um, and picked him up and gave him a ride. So then he became aware of who I was, which was good. Chris already was at that point. Um, God, I suck at stuff. How could you tell it was Chuck? It is, is just. He's, like, was he wearing pit vipers, early model pit vipers? Could you just recognize his face? Yeah, I'm trying to picture exactly that situation. It was before we invented the ski jeans, the extreme blue jeans, so he wouldn't have been in those. Um, I mean, I'm sure he was in pit vipers, but yeah, I think just a recognizable guy. Okay. You know? Because I feel like by the time I would have noticed, I would have been way past and then made my decision and then been lazy and not wanted to turn around. The hitchhikers go to this like same spot where the, the road merges and people are going a little slower and uh, okay. you're like 
usually looking over there to see if you know somebody anyway. Okay. It's, like, it's very common. It's almost like a bus stop. Okay, so mm-hmm. you picked him up. Was he uh, apprehensive to step in your loaded Subi? Absolutely not, yeah. I've never seen him hesitate on anything <laughs> at all. Uh, and that was one of those chances for sure. Jumped right in. Um, you guys hit it off right away? Uh, I'm not sure. He's hard to read. I don't think we did right away. Uh, he's got a weird vibe like that. that you're just like... Oh, does this guy like me or not? You've, you've had friends like that, right? Well, yeah, he was yeah. also like pretzeled into your car. <laughs> so uh-huh. like, it might have been a hard, uh, you know, eye line to get on. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like upside down. Like, Does he like me? <laughs> upside down, turned around. Okay. But yeah, just continued to get to know those guys and kind of follow them around the hill. And like anytime I saw them, it was just like, hey, I want a job. Um, so eventually when they started hiring some people, um, I got in there and, and got myself an interview, which was cool. Uh, they were hiring, yeah, an email writer and <laughs> emails. You guys actually write emails? Just out outward. We don't respond to them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an email email writer and an events person, um, and that was the job I went for. Was the the party boy. Um, so yeah, the story that there is, they sent this email that I'm still using to this day. That's like, okay, your interview is a contest like anything else in life. And there is a points-based system that we'll be judging you on. And points will be awarded for outfit, dress to impress, entrance, performance, a gift, um, other things we haven't thought of yet, a definition of your work self. It was like this whole list. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like this. So um, yeah, so I dressed up really nice. I remember wearing uh, pit vipers over my eyes and, of course, a pair of nightshades on my head. Nightshades are the clear lenses. Mm. So my entrance was, like, coming in and, and switching out the different lenses. I thought that was a pretty cool move. Those are pit vipers you purchased? Uh, I was given them through their loose athlete program for athletes. Have you ever bought a pair of pit vipers? Um, never with money. Okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The brand was founded on trades. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so you walked in there looking looking spiffy. Yeah, I walked in there looking spiffy, and the real punchline of the story here was my gift. I was like, all right, how do I have a cool, memorable gift? Because like, people are going to be bringing them all sorts of stuff. Like, People have to be going crazy for this job, and i got to really stand out. So in a, it, it, I, I realized that the most burdensome gift you could give somebody that would be the most memorable would be a live animal. So <laughs> puppy seemed like a little too much cat. Like I wasn't really experienced with those yet. So I went to the uh, fish market down on state street there um, and went for a lobster. Unfortunately, all the lobsters they had were $25 a pound, which is like $200 Canadian or something like that. At least. At uh, least. Holy yeah. crap. And, uh, and they only had two pounders. So it was like, 50 bucks to get a lobster right then. And I was, that was a lot of money for me back in 2016 or whatever this was. Um, But fortunately, I looked to the left of the lobsters and there was Dungeness crab, which is like a big crab, huge legs. Uh, And they had a couple of those that were like one pound, one and a half pounds. So I was able to get a live Dungeness crab for like 15 bucks or something. Took that into my car. I'm like in my costume already, like wearing bell bottom <laughs> polyester pants and like button up paisley shirt, hair slicked back, all that. And uh, yeah, had a beer oh, yeah, box slicked back real nice. <laughs> <laughs> had a had a, a PBR 18 pack box in there and like stuffed the live crab in there, <laughs> taped it up. I had brought wrapping paper and everything too, so I wrapped it up. And, no way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was cool. Brought that in. Presented it to the guys as a gift, you know, checking off the box from the uh, the email that asked I had I bring a gift. They made the wise move of handing it to Carly, who was employee number one and was also vegan at the time. They're like, <laughs> Carly, would you open this up for us? And she discovered we're in a bar. Also, like <laughs> the interview is not in an office. Or anything. The interview is in a bar, um, and yeah, she opens up a box of beer what it looked like and there was a live animal in there that's a big dinosaur looking prehistoric live animal so that was really cool and then we let it run around the bar we're putting pit vipers on it turned into a whole photo shoot <laughs> and then you were hired on the spot yeah i think in their minds that's i think awesome. they got back to me a week later 
It was exciting. Okay, Spencer, are you ready for this or that? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Skis or bikes? Come on, man. <laughs> bikes. I think he's uh, lying. Instagram or TikTok? Uh, uh, TikTok. Am I, is this like rapid fire? Yeah, or rapid is that the fire. Goal? Yeah. It's pretty can, rapid can we, fire. Increase the urgency somehow. Then I don't feel like I'm, I feel like you should, I think just the play the other song. song. It's more urgent. Yeah, and maybe like increase the BPMs too. Okay, here we go. I want to feel like I'm. Being I'm chased. gonna struggle with this one. Utah or Massachusetts? Massive huge tits. Photo or video? Photo. Denim or skin suits? Skin suit. Dogs or cats? Cat. Pit viper babes or pit viper pups? Pit viper pups. The eighties or the nineties? Nineties. Sandwiches or hot dogs? Hot dog. In and out or Shake Shack? In and out and in and out. Gronk or Travis Pastrana? Gunk. Sorry, Travis. Pogo sticks or roller blades? Oh, roller pogo. Scooters or Heelys? Heelys. Broken arm or broken heart? Broken uh, <laughs> arm. Monkey wearing a funny hat or donkey wearing a tie? You got me. Monkey wearing a funny hat. <laughs> Great question. Living in the country or living in the city? Country. Daytona or Talladega? Oh, Talladega. Nipple-sized penis or penis-sized nipples? <laughs> Holy shit. Got some poppy seeds to sell. Clean it out. <laughs> penis-sized nipples. What a freak. Dream job or true love? Mm, true, true job. <laughs> true, true love. Cheetah print or zebra print? Cheetah. Mullet or mohawk? Bowl cut. Fair. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll give you that one. Dinosaurs or aliens? Dino dinosaurs. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Canada or U.S. Canada, of A? Canada. 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 <laughs> I knew it. Mullets or mustaches? Don't let the immigration hear that. Uh, mustache. And finally. Mm. 420 or 69. <laughs> you killed it. Uh, what was the, what the really hung up on a couple there, mm. but that was a good game or this nipple or that. Nipple sized well penis or <laughs> penis sized nipples. I think that was our best this or that ever. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.